This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Crochet Bays. We're gonna crochet while we talk about crochet, while we talk about crochet. You can crochet too. Yeah. Well, welcome everybody to episode 11. Welcome, welcome. My name is Jess. I'm Meg. And I'm Leah. And we are the, the Crochet, crochet Bays. Ooh. Ooh. Did we nail that one? <laughs> Sounds like a nail. Um, I'm going to say no, but if it sounded like it. Fine. Rude. It sounded great to me, but you know what? How's, how's your high horse over there? Um, a little breezy, but it's all good. <laughs> No, I really do think it sounds like it sounds different. If you guys thought it was a home run, then maybe it was. But on my end, it, it didn't sound in sync. So okay, you know, it's it's the it's just the internet making. Do it your weird. fancy little editing magic over there and yeah. fix it. Sprinkle some magic on it. Okay, guys. So okay. you may hear something a little bit strange in here today. What a rude way to introduce what? our co-host. <laughs> there sounds like there's a third voice in here. It's not and, the voice of God. I could never. <laughs> In all seriousness, it no can't talk. In all seriousness, though, how do I host a podcast? I can't even speak. <laughs> um, we have a little bit of a different episode again. Instead of um, interviewing somebody, we have a guest host. So Leah. Hi from koozie crafts is hanging out with us and guest hosting it's with us Mario. <laughs> <laughs> so this is fun we were doing something a little bit different because we've done you know just the two of us for most of the episodes and we've done mm-hmm. a couple episodes where we've interviewed some friends and um this is yet again something new for us which is exciting we love exciting yay we did it we did it even though so with that's I was gonna oh. say, even though we're over here giggling like schoolgirls, but we're having fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. If it's not a crochet bays episode, if I'm not laughing my butt off, and that's facts. Yeah, that's it's actually contractually um, obligated on Meg's side. She has to lose her mind laughing at least once per episode. Literally, she made me sign a blood oath. Yeah. How dare? Sometimes we'll be sitting here for hours, and I'm just like, "Do it, Meg's laugh." <laughs> I, I find that, the you know, I find that hard want. to believe, Jess. It really doesn't take much for her to laugh, though. It's so true, yeah. <laughs> Megs makes me feel like I'm, like, the funniest person on planet Earth. Because I'll be like, I'll say something dumb, and she just loses her mind. I'm like, I'm so funny. <laughs> See? Okay, so we need a tally mark. That's one for the episode. Mm-hmm. She's a <laughs> real like confidence a booster for me personally. <laughs> On that note, what's new, Jessica? <laughs> oh gosh, what is new? Ooh, That's what? Loaded. Tell I mean, the people. So many things. Okay, so this is like an indirect 
related to crochet, but it is related to crochet. Am I okay mm-hmm. to like go off on a bit of a rabbit trail? Go when have I off, ever asked permission? Queen. Okay. <laughs> Let me just pop off real quick. Um, <laughs> so I will try not to go into the long version of the story because we, I could literally do a whole episode just talking about this because I'm so jazzed about it. Um, but the short version is I've been wanting to branch into something else in my crochet business that wasn't just making finished crochet pieces because I've found that the community of people that I've built on TikTok is mostly other crocheters. And so originally I jumped on TikTok thinking like, oh, I'm going to like sell my stuff here. And then TikTok was like, here's your audience, a bunch of people that could definitely make the same things you make. (laughs) And I was like, thanks, TikTok. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) So I was like, okay, well... You know, I, I love this community of friends and I want to, obviously I'm not going to stop crocheting. I am a, a crochet bay at heart and, um, I'll, you know, I have the boutique where I sell my stuff and I'll be doing the occasional market in the future. But basically I just, I wanted some other outlet of something that I could make that would bring value to all of my other crochet friends in the community. And what I landed on was making like leather and suede tags and patches and different things like that so i recently purchased like last week a laser engraving machine yeah you did and i and it's it's a it's a big boy purchase okay and i am already so excited about this thing the past two days i've basically just been like playing with it like all day (laughs) and i've been testing out different logos and different styles of patches and different things and kind of learning all the ins and outs of the machine and girl, <laughs> I no, I'm just so excited. Yeah. So there's there's lots of fun things in the future coming for Berg's Nest Crochet as far <clears throat> as like accessories for other crocheters. So if you're listening and you're like, mm, I love leather tags and patches for not just wearables, but Amis. Like if you want to put your logo on an Ami as like a little patch um, that you can sew on to, you know, wherever you feel like on your Ami. On the booty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um there's so many options and I'm just really excited. So that's all. That's not even really a commercial. I just really wanted to share with you guys this thing that I bought. And I'm very excited. No, that about was it. a hashtag shameless. Plug. It is. Yeah. It's partway me sharing my excitement <laughs> with you as my friends and also partway being like, help me pay for this big boy machine I bought. Buy <laughs> tags. Tags. Okay. Tiff <sighs> and all the other people who need to hear me okay. say words. Tags, bags, rags. I'm going to need you to take it a step back from the you microphone. You sound like an airplane uh, stewardess directing people for snacks. <laughs> peanuts. Do you want some peanuts? <laughs> drinks. Any drinks? Anything for you, sir? Okay. Are we done with this? I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> okay. So anyway, you know, whether you want to buy tags, tags, or tags, you could get any of those from my uh, from my website. <laughs> Actually, you can't. You'd have to send me an email. But you know, I'm kind of just. I, I'm not like launching it fully yet. That's going to be kind of probably officially coming in the new year. But right now, I'm just kind of playing around with it and doing some small kind of like test orders for friends and stuff. So love that for you. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like fun. It's Leah, so fun. what's new with you, friend? What are you working on? I mean, other than my 40 million whips that I'm always working on, (laughs) 
Well, I did just start a dyno literally five minutes ago. That's amazing. So it's great. It's a great time. I decided to take on a fourth market in the next month, which brings me up to three weekends in a row, which makes me want to curl up in a ball and kind of cry for a little while. Fair enough. If I'm being honest, but I think we're going to muscle through it. Um, Might have a marital spat or two, but it'll be fine. It'll be great. What's a craft business without a, a husband telling you to stop playing with your yarn all the time? Right? <laughs> They're supportive make in their own famous. way. <laughs> also, I'd just like to point out that I think it's funny that w- the whole the whole premise of this was, I mean, it's literally in our theme song that we are going to crochet while we talk about crochet. And we've never done that. And uh-huh. he is on the episode for the first time. And she's just crocheting away. I just, you know, I just think that's awesome. <laughs> we appreciate you bringing the theme song to literal life. Yeah, because we haven't. I'm here for you. It's it's only taken how many episodes? Right? 11. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but also if I'm not doing something with my hands, my brain doesn't work. Mm, Fair enough. That. And I, f- I feel like that's a very common, like, crafter thing, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's always got to be doing something. It literally, in every other aspect of my life, that's true. But I have managed to figure out how to do these podcast episodes without crocheting something. Yeah. So. I'm astounded. I don't, I don't know how, but it's working. What's new with you, Megs? <gasps> yeah, Megs. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I released two patterns and they went really really well like better than I could have ever anticipated um which is mind-blowing and awesome I had a craft fair which we're going to talk about and I just released another pattern test for a third pattern I am releasing Meg's a pattern fiend over here like what's going on? Like, did you drink like the pattern juice? I don't. Or I don't even know. Like, I, my. Okay, listen. My goal was to. I'm sorry, pattern juice. <laughs> it's like bug juice. Like you get it at the gas station. That stuff is disgusting. <laughs> okay. Wait, that is needs there... to be an ad. This episode brought to you by pattern juice. <laughs> yes. There it uh, is. Take my money. I'm writing that down. Can shut up and take my money be one of my patterns? <laughs> you could totally do it somehow. Not anymore. <laughs> I'm t- I'm stealing it. Who gets to it first? All right. Good luck. We'll see. I'm writing down this pattern juice idea. Anyway, yeah, please continue. I'm sorry. Okay. So you released like a thousand patterns. A thousand patterns. So I'm doing a pattern tester call for the third one right now. I don't know what why all of a sudden we're just like dropping patterns left and right. Um, I think it's mostly Britt's decision, but somehow it's working, so I'm not going to complain. <laughs> Your PR is just kicking you in the butt lately, man. She is. She's making me work. Yes. She's like, you need to pay me. I'm like, I don't pay you. <laughs> <laughs> so why do I got to work like I pay you? No, no, no. It's, Listen- it's been fun. So I dropped my um, Weeby the Alien pocket pattern, which has been pretty successful so far for people. Mm-hmm. He's so cute. I love him. Um, I've gotten a lot of people like coming back and letting me know, like, hey, I brought him to my market and he sold out. 
I oh, had I to love like, that. yeah, that's the best, I know. best feeling. And I thought like in my mind, I was going this, I want this to be a successful thing for people because there's so many like aquatic animal pocket patterns and we really don't have very many other things. Mm-hmm. So like, Intergalactic. yeah, so Weeby <laughs> was great. And then in the mix of making Weeby, I really wanted to make an astronaut. So Elliot, the astronaut came about and that has been pretty good so far like i'm still i'm on day let's see i dropped it on saturday sunday sunday dropped it on sunday it's tuesday now and it's been great like i'm i'm just completely amazed at how um much people have wanted to purchase that pattern the past few patterns have just been like very well received and yes i think what's cool about weeby too is that it's like a best case scenario for a pattern designer i feel like to have not only success to selling to the crocheters, but for the crocheters to turn around and have success selling it. It's like, that's a double whammy of like, not only is it popular with the people buying the pattern, but then the people turning around and selling the finished product are having success. Like that's, that's even better. Totally. And I've said it a few times on the podcast, but it really does bring me more joy to see other people creating from my patterns than it does for me to create them myself. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. It's just, it's fun to watch. It's so fun to go on people's lives and then go, what you making? And then find out they're making Steve the Snake or Elliot the Astronaut or some Weebies. I like get so giddy. And then I'll have like moments where someone's like, I can't believe you're in here. It's making me nervous. And I'm like, dude, I'm nervous. You're like making my pattern and I hope it works. Like, (laughs) I hope it works. I hope you read it correctly. Sounds like imposter syndrome. I don't have that. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, so I had a, a third I, or third, a second idea for Weeby, and I have a few ideas for Weeby. Um, and it was to make him sitting in a spaceship or like a UFO. Um, so that's also no so, which is really fun. And I cannot wait for uh, that one. I'm so excited. I'm picking pattern testers tonight. Um uh, and I'm hoping that people have good success with it, too. It's gotten a lot of good feedback so far on TikTok and Instagram. So I'm really excited. And I hope people are also excited. And I have a few more um, space ideas to come. You know, to what I think, you know what I think is helping, though, too? Like, everybody else is in, like, reindeer, Santa uh-huh. Claus mode. And you're just over here like, yeah, I'm going to make aliens. <laughs> so, like, you... you like you stick out and like that's I mean a personal mantra of my own is like do it do something a little different like you well, want the you want the eyeballs on you and it's doing great things for you you're not wrong my friend well and I was really in Christmas mode in September when everyone was like getting into Halloween mode because I'm like I'm not into Halloween we're just gonna do Christmas mode and I went there and um started just kind of like going through the Christmas stuff like I made the big Christmas tree from Muffy Corn and then um, a few other people were like that's cute I'm gonna make them too and then I saw a couple more and that was really adorable and then after that I was like market prep like crazy so it was like the burbs and the weebies and just getting that all ready so I was kind of like done with Christmas by that point I was like I already made enough Christmas stuff and now everyone's getting into Christmas mode which is perfectly fine like Y'all are on the right track, but I'm like, I'm just bored with Christmas now. I've, I've been doing that since September. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see a good segue into like market makes here because I 
I don't like making themed items for holidays. I don't particularly either because then it's like if you don't sell it, you're really stuck with it. And it's even harder to sell. So Mm -hmm. I'm really thankful that the only Christmas make I have left from my market is the Christmas tree. Like I can deal with that being decor in my house because it's cute as heck. So I mean, you still are you doing another market before Christmas? I don't know yet. I haven't decided. Oh, I thought you had one like already scheduled. I got okay. I got invited to three, but I have not signed up for any of them yet. Okay. So <laughs> you're just so you're keeping with the just people the waiting. <laughs> I mean, they're making me pay for it, so uh, they can wait on me. <laughs> <laughs> I got pressured today in an email. This is how I ended up with my three back to back because I I had been spaced out like two weeks, which is like my comfort zone in between markets, and I got an email saying that one of the markets that I was really, really interested in opened up a spot. So I was on their wait list, and then they emailed me, and they're like, the vendors get crazy if they know that there's an open spot, so please respond ASAP. And I'm like, I have to say yes. <laughs> the pressure's and then on. Watch. That's going to be a comma market. Oh, oh if, if it isn't, I'm probably going to have a meltdown. Yeah. So comma I'm, is like code word for over a thousand. Is that what I, that I, is? Yes. I, I picked up on it. It took me a couple of seconds. Yes. I, I was gathering that from context. Yeah. Comma, <laughs> comma markets. Yes. Comma markets are markets where you make a thousand or more. So, so every single one of my markets. Just kidding. Shut up. <laughs> definitely shut not. Up. It's definitely not the case. Because you're talking about a bunch of crap that's not real. <laughs> <laughs> The hot cocoa bombs don't count. <laughs> well, even my hot cocoa bomb markets. I mean, it's. I think it's happened once, maybe twice. Okay, but for real, the amount of product you would have to make to do in a thousand dollar market because they're not high priced items. Oh, yeah, scary, scary sauce. On that note of food, what you drinking, Jess? Oh, just coffee. That's great. Good. Yeah. I just wanted to see how long I could sit there before you would jump back in. Um, yeah, I, I really don't have anything. Oh, I I broke Meg's. Um, I don't really have anything exciting to add on to the fact other than I'm drinking coffee. It's not even in a super fancy mug. This mug I got from Ikea in their like as is broken section and i don't um, know why it was in there because it's not <clears throat> broken but i got it for like two dollars and I for like- shame it's not your birthday present from me i'm really offended and this will be the last episode of the crochet base because we're breaking up now <laughs> breaking up um am i, I witnessing I drink out history of that- right now <laughs> history after 11 episodes um <laughs> i think i drank out of that one yesterday um, it's called hand washing, my friend. Have you heard of it? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I drank out of that mug like yesterday or two days ago. So you're like, I'm just gonna ignore what you don't just come for said. me. <laughs> okay, fine, I'll accept it. How about you, Leah? What you drinking over there? Oh, in my fabulous sparkly Starbucks cup, as oh, always. Yeah. I got some water. Some wa- some wawa. We forgot to give her the memo that you have to drink coffee on this podcast. Dude. As if you're qualified to give such a memo, <laughs> you traitor. <laughs> Listen, you see this? 
you see this there and not everyone else can but you can this is a mug there was coffee in there i drank it all before we I started did, recording i did i told you i got starbucks earlier and i had to give it to my husband because yeah. i didn't like it what Ugh. did you get by the way yeah tell us what's awful okay but like it was decaf so like okay it was a it was the ice sugar cookie latte Oh, you didn't like it? I just, like, I get in moods with it. Like, sometimes I'm like, um, yes, this hits. And then sometimes I'm like, this is repulsive. I can't do... I, I can't do iced coffee when the weather drops below 65 degrees. Like, I can do frappuccinos all year round. I cannot do iced coffee, though. That sounds like a you problem. It, <laughs> I just don't like sweet coffee, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't like it. I like the idea it's of it, like a sugar cookie sweet. latte. Sounds it's like you. It <laughs> it's sounds not. sweet. It's not. It's really not. It's really like, not. But it's like a very mild. But also, she's like a black coffee with a little bit of half and half, and that's it. I don't put any sugar in my coffee at all. I'm sorry yeah. if I wouldn't have known. If I would have known that, I wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> <laughs> my it's husband fine. drinks coffee black. I drink coffee with just a little bit of half. And half. I drink my creamer with a splash of coffee so i make up for both of us yeah like i like the idea of all the flavored creamers and stuff but in reality they just give me a stomach ache you know and i really do mm-hmm. just like the taste of, of coffee give me a shot of creamer with like a drop of yeah i can't i can't i can't get behind that i'm like 10 ounce cup of coffee four ounces of creamer <laughs> this episode of the podcast is brought to you by the crochet bay's podcast merch store If you love the podcast and want to see it continue to grow, one of the best ways to support the show is to grab some Crochet Bay's swag for yourself. Like for real though, guys, this is Michael, Jessica's husband. I'm currently being held hostage in the podcast studio, and she said I can't come out until we sell at least five of each merch item. I haven't felt the warmth of the sun in several days. I'm just stuck here recording podcast advertisements, dreaming of freedom. Please, please just buy the merch. Release me from this prison. <clears throat> okay, let's get back to the episode. <laughs> so I don't know if we actually said it at any point. Maybe we did. Who knows? Um, but this episode's title is Market Recap 2.0. So like episode four, we're going to be talking about markets again. And the reason we chose to do this is, number one, Leah is like the market knowledge queen, um, which is why and don't huh? start imposter syndrome, Leah. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Who is she? And number two, we're deep into the holiday market season and we yeah. felt like people might need a little bit of a refresher. Yes. So I assumed that when this episode was going to be recorded that all of us would have done markets at this point <laughs> and we would have been like oh i'm i'm hyped i'm ready to go let's talk about our markets and then come to find out one of us who hosts this podcast not going to name any names but jessica sellenberg <laughs> hasn't even oh done gosh. a crochet market in a hot second and Leah over here hasn't done one since mid-October. Feeling personally attacked right now. Yo, yo, yo. Uh-uh. You got to take breaks. Otherwise, you're going to get right. burnt out. And number that's my one, number she's one already tip. dishing out the Look advice. Look at that. Okay. All the advice. The market I'll give you the tea. I'll give you the tea. You know I will. Uh, number one tip, take breaks. 
That is actually Not really solid advice because you will get burnt out Megs. extremely yes. fast. I've done three markets since February. <laughs> okay, but the, so here's the funny thing, though. I know I put on the persona of like, oh my gosh, I've done this a million times before. I know what I'm doing, but like, yeah. I've only done five markets. Like, I'm lying. <laughs> I mean, to that's you four all. more than I've done, at least of crochet markets. But the thing is, you have to you have to put yourself yes. in a learning mm-hmm. perspective. Like you you can't ever stop True. learning here because every single market I've done has gotten better mm-hmm. and better and better and better because you take what went well the last totally. time and you pull it forward, and then you you kick out the mm-hmm. bad things to the curb, or you get stuck with the same giant blueberry <laughs> for yes. all five of your markets. Someone buy, buy her dang blueberries. blueberries. Yeah, also, I'm. It's a giant. I feel like this is just advice in general and not necessarily markets. But when we have a perspective or a mindset that we're an expert in something in crochet, we're never going to truly like advance our skills because crochet is always ever growing and ever changing, especially like with the market stuff, because you got to bring in fresh and new stuff. I mean, obviously, there's there can be things that are just like, you know, it works every year and, and you're just going to stay consistent with it and that's fine. But like if you're going to the same market every year, having the same people cycling through and you constantly have the same exact three styles of plushies, all the people are going to see it every year and go, I'm not buying that again. I bought it last year. So it's like, right. Have that open mind to like, yes, I'm good at my craft. I know what I'm doing, but also I'm open to learning because yeah. I don't know everything. And there's always something new and exciting that will come about. I think it's always smart <clears throat> to go into it's... a market with a posture of I'm here to learn. Um, no matter yeah. how many you've done, exactly. because I'm always adjusting <clears throat> little things here and there and thinking, okay, you know what? This didn't work so well. I'm going to change this next time. And um, you're, you're only going to help yourself by, you know, having that mindset of like, I'm always, willing to learn what I can do differently, what I can do better. Totally. And you know what? There's all, there's so many different Mm -hmm. kinds of markets. Like I've only up to this point have done, um, outdoor markets with a pop-up canopy and you set up your own stuff under your tent. I'm this Saturday, I'm doing a, or not this Saturday. It'll, it'll have been passed, but, um, the 12th of November, I'm doing a, indoor mm-hmm. one table I one of those Saturday set up that's so I'm panicking I'm panic. I have no <laughs> clue how to set up what I want yeah. to that's show so bizarre on one to me table because I just did an indoor market where they provide you with a table but you are allowed to bring in like your tables as long as they fit in your square so like I had a 10 by 10 spot they gave me an eight foot table I own two six foot tables so I brought those two six foot tables and I made a u-shape and did it that way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. can you not do that I th- I think so this will this will circle me back to like one of my mm-hmm. other like when you're searching for markets I don't usually recommend going for like the newer events the the like first annuals like the the not really established events aren't going to generally always be the best ones if you're if your goal is strictly to profit I would yeah. steer away from those but if you're going for connections just for for me this weekend, I grabbed a random show that I knew was going to be a low key event, just because I'm a little oversaturated in my product mm-hmm. right now. 
and I just need a little bit of a like brushing mm-hmm. through like grab a few things for me I'm fine so I think it's just like a low-key market where like they don't always have all the kinks worked out the organization is a little in eh, but I'm just gonna roll with the punches I'm gonna bring extra tables we'll see sure. what happens yeah on Saturday um so you saying that sparked a couple things that I that I want to share so there's different types of markets that are good for different types of things so if you're mm-hmm. just starting out and it's like your very first market you know, some of those more low key first time, you know, doing a craft show kind of a thing might be a good option for you because it's not going to be overwhelming with huge crowds and like tons of vendors and stuff. It might be a good way to kind of get your foot in the door. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, also there's been certain markets I've worked with that are smaller, but very well organized. And those are amazing. I've also done markets that are huge and maybe it's their 10th year doing it but the director is not good at communicating clearly. So usually you can tell interacting with the director, like maybe you saw them post a thing on Facebook and you reach out and say, Hey, I'm interested in more information within the first, like three or four messages back and forth. You can generally get an idea of like how well organized the event is going to be based Mm -hmm. on your conversation with them. If they respond in a timely manner, um, if their graphics look clean and nice, if they're posting on social media about their event regularly, you know, chances are it's going to be a good event. Whereas like if the graphic is maybe like super cluttered or it doesn't have correct information and you have to really dig to find some sort of posting about it, chances are like, it's not really going to be a very well advertised and therefore well attended event. Um, And you can go to a smaller event, but still have a decent amount of foot traffic. So Um, you know, just be looking for those kind of like context clues as you're choosing what markets you want to go to, but, um, don't necessarily be afraid of a smaller event. Just know Mm -hmm. what you're looking for going into it, you know? And sometimes if it's a smaller event and maybe it's their first time doing it, but you get that feeling of like, okay, this person's really on it. They're, you know, they're organized and everything. It's a, it's sometimes a really good idea to kind of get in at the ground floor with those events because, you know, who knows three years from now that event might have really built up because the person who's organizing it does a great job. And if you were there the very first year, you have a lot better chance of getting in the fourth year when it's this big event now, because you Mm -hmm. were there at the beginning. Totally. And I think it's almost wise as like when you're in the beginning stages of, doing markets and learning how it functions and how, how well it works for you and what does work and what doesn't work is to not have the expectation of making tons of money. Mm-hmm. Cause right now you're trying yeah. to just figure out how to make a flow, how to make your, you know, your tables look good, how you're, how you're going to balance like that market prep and all that. And like, obviously we all do it for a goal to make some sort of money, but like, if I, I feel like if I would have had the perspective or the mindset that I was going to make commas the first market <laughs> I ever did, I would have quit. Yeah, that's like setting yourself up yeah, for disappointment. Absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I absolutely I, I have, I've been telling myself lately that I go for connections. Yeah. You know, like, at the end of the day, like, the money is, the money can be really great, but at the, but I also, I want to meet vendors in the area. I want to branch out. I want to, I eventually want to work maybe teaching Mm -hmm. crochet classes. Like there are so many different opportunities within those people in those crowds 
And at the end of the day, if you make a connection with everybody in your booth that walks by or pokes or touches something, I guarantee you, you're going to see those people in your Instagram followers and your TikTok totally. followers, emailing you on your website. Like those people that make that connection remember you because of the conversation, not because of the stuff. They're gonna, those are gonna so be the I've had that you. experience now somewhat twice. So I did a spring market and then I did that same. Um, so like a local, a town next to us is like a local, like city like they have a square in the city and they do a fall market and a spring market so I did the spring market and then I came back for the fall market and a lady ran up to Mm -hmm. my booth and said oh my gosh I've been looking around for you this whole time I bought a bunch of kitchen scrubbies from you in the spring I want more and I didn't even have them on my table because I was like "Eh, I'm not gonna sell these and I pulled them all out so she could buy them and like I went I from, that. it was I awesome. That. that made my day more than the money I made. And I did really good at that market. But like, just knowing that she literally came to that market, not even knowing if I was going to be there to find me, just, just to, to find, to find me you. for those kitchen scrubbies. And I was like, join my Facebook group. If you ever want them, I'll make them and you can order them from me there. Um, and then my most recent market, which was last Saturday, I had... I got invited to the three different markets in addition to it. And then I think I got at least 10 or 15 people who joined my Facebook group where I just post like finished items and things like that. And, and I have like a little question, like questionnaire thing they have to fill out to join. And one of them is, how'd you hear about me? Bunch of them were like the Atamwa craft fair you were in. So like, it was awesome to see that. And I had a couple people asking about custom orders. So like I built up a, a couple like, potential future client or you know customers and things like that um I felt a lot more like prepared for this market too like this was my third market ever and I felt like I I kind of figured started to figure out a flow of like okay this is what I know I need for this this is what I want to make for this this is how much product I want to have this is how much money I want to make and kind of how I do things is my rule is I make things based on how much money I want to make. So my kind of like magic number is I go for $1,500 in product for a single market. And then I try to balance out that $1,500 between small, medium, and large items. And then like the mini pocket items as well. Um, I was overprepared for this market, which was perfectly fine and did fairly well. But in a really random, like, offshoot way. Like, they last minute emailed us and told us, oh, you can actually set up Friday night instead of Saturday. So if you want to come from 2 to 5, you can set up. So my husband was able to get off work. I went and set up my tables and my displays. And then I went home, got ready for the market in the morning, brought all my product, and set it up that morning. Those are the and best then I was markets. Like, yes. It was so nice. And I've oh, never done it's one of those so nice. <laughs> I could have set up my product, but I chose to bring it the next day. And I'm glad I did because it was heavy raining and like trying to transport that in and out would not have been fun. Um, and then there was a couple people who are like Iowa natives that I met on TikTok who were like, I'm going to come to your market. How, how exciting would that be? And one of them was good vibes creations, which is Kim. She came to my market during my setup on the day of helped me set everything up and sat with me the whole day. Aww. And like, so shout cool. out that. to Kim because she is a literal saint. It was so, and I had such a blast. Like we had such a good time. 
I have a good TikTok friend that has come to every single one of my That's awesome. And every time she's there, I'm like, I knew you were going to be here, but I told you. Yeah. Not. Like, she has, like, at this point, I was like, I feel bad for the collection of stuff that you've acquired from me, almost. <laughs> but, like, I love the support, but it's just, like, it, it feels so surreal. Like, what if I, you know, like, I, I'm just crocheted plushies. Like, what did I, I do know. to deserve She's, this? It was so sweet. We had a really good day. And I, literally, she went and bought, bought two of my Octo. She bought the spaghetti Octo and my um, peppermint Octo I made. And I'm like, you don't need to buy these. I'll give them to you. She's like, I'm buying them. And she like threw the money at me. <laughs> those, so I was those like, are the best kind of people. <laughs> I know. Yes, I mean, I'm not yes. sad she did, but also I was like, you helped me so much. So then like later that evening, I emailed her the Elliot, the astronaut pot- pattern. Cause I was like, girl, I have to compensate you in some way. Like, let me do this. And she can't take it back. So ha-ha. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it was a little fun perk that she got it before everybody else got it because I had not released it at that point. That's so awesome. Like, I... It was a blast. A, lo- a lot of the time, like, the crochet community can sometimes get wrapped in some crazy stuff. But at the end of the day, like, everybody is really just, like, here yeah. for each other. And I, like, love Me too. That. Like, so many people have been asking me, how'd your market go? how things, you know... What were your best sellers? Like everybody is so invested yeah. in our success. I love that. That's my favorite part about the TikTok community. And then um, stitching with my nomies, Lindsay came with her mom and came and said hi and everything. And they went shopping around the market. And it was really fun to meet her too. She's a hoot, and her mom is hilarious. So it was cool to see <laughs> some people on TikTok that I've never like. I've seen their faces through TikToks, but never actually like interacted with them face to face. So that was pretty fun to meet them and get to know people a little bit. And then also I'm like, oh, no, I, I'm i a fraud. They found out. <laughs> <laughs> They've seen my real personality. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Not the one I hide behind the screens. <laughs> um, on the note of you talking about how, like, people are invested in how your markets go, I always think it's so funny because, like, you know, I'll, I'll do a market where it's, like, all day and then you tear down and you come home and – you unload everything and then I'm pretty much like spent right like I Mm -hmm. will just basically crawl into my bed with whatever food I've scavenged and then just just like I always get I always get a reward dinner after Arby's beef and or just roast beef because I can't have (laughs) so like I basically will just kind of go dark usually and then I'll like wake up the next day and there's all these messages like, how did your market? I'm like, oh, shoot, yeah. I probably should let people know because I just like I basically will just ghost all of my followers because I get done with the market and I just so... like shut off. It really is exhausting, though. Like you think those six to eight hour days, it's like, oh, like you're beat. Um, and I was kind of that way afterwards, too. Like I, I have told people it went really good, but I didn't do like a full blown. Let's talk about how the day went. Because I was so tired over the weekend that I was like, I just can't. I can't people. I can't function. I can't social media. I just need to chill. It's So here's a hack for that. Like, just let your booth do the talking. Like, all you got to, like, I know it's hard to remember, but I'll go into markets and I'm like, okay, I need to make the content because then the content speaks Mm -hmm. for itself and you don't have to expel your energy later. You just take a walkthrough of your booth before. Yep. And then take a walkthrough after. You know what's wonderful about that? I easy, I easy. literally did. And then right after we tore everything down and were about to walk to my car, I was like, I forgot to take an after photo. 
Always. Every time. If I do, if I, whenever I do another crochet one, I'll do that. But I feel like for my hot cocoa bombs, it's not, there is no before and after. Cause I, unless unless I have an event where I truly like sell out, but usually I make enough so that that doesn't happen. So it doesn't really look any different. So I didn't sell out, but I sold about 40% of what I brought. Um, I mean, that's a visible difference for sure. It is. It is. And not only that what's wild about it is everyone's like the $5, the $10, the $8, you know, everything like under $20 sells like crazy. And I didn't have success selling my five and $10 items. Like they sat, I sold some of them. My tank, the turtles sold. I only made six. They were all gone. Um, almost all my tiny octos were gone. I had two left. Uh, what else sold? Can I tell you a secret? Man? What? You should probably raise your prices like $2 no. on those small things. Okay. No, I'm serious because I don't have anything. I go from $3 for scrunchies uh-huh. to 7 or 8 I don't have a $5. Sure. I don't know why. I just, I haven't. I think my whales were originally 5 and I'm like, eh, I'm feeling a little spicy. They fly out of my buckets See, at $8. Okay. I don't know why. I did a $5 market, and now I I think there's two there's two reasons to this. Like, or not, well, one possible reason, I guess, not two. This, this market was a holiday market where people were shopping more, so I think they were more willing to spend money on bigger right. items because they were holiday shopping. And the other thing about this market is that it wasn't a lot of kids because it was all okay. shopping and not, like, a bunch of kid things like my last market was like a fall market outdoors and there was like a concert there were food trucks there was face painting like a and there's a lot event. of kid yeah a lot of kids stuff yeah. so like my last market in the fall all my five dollar items sold no problem like we're gone within like a couple hours this time mm. i sold probably between 25 and 30 percent of them not like which i had a lot so that isn't even that much um, and, and it was fine though. My $10 items really barely were touched. Like some of them sold, but not a ton of them. My 15 and $20 items did the best. Like as far as like the ones that I made in bulk. And then I sold out of like a ton of my big items. Like my, like all my items that were priced, like basically 35 and up sold really well. I sold the giant Carl the Crab. I don't know how it finally sold, but it did. <laughs> and not only that, Carl, I sold the regular Carl the Crab and the Crab Cake Carl. Did you Plus like... Plus my biggest puddle snowman. Did you, like, do an internal freakout when you sold um, your crab cake? Yeah. I, I, like, could not believe it sold. I was shocked because I just... I didn't want to get rid of it, but I also did because I knew it was going to be really, like, a big deal for whoever bought it. Because they were going to think it was hilarious. And that was straight up what it was. And then I made like a mini corn. And this girl was wearing a shirt with corn on it. And she. Oh, I saw that picture. And she thought it was the greatest thing ever. They're like, we have to have this. I was like, can I take a picture of you with it? She's like, yes. So. um, That's amazing. But I did. I did good though. Like I, I made my booth fee back in 11 minutes. So it wasn't like. It was a bad market, even with <laughs> right. It wasn't a bad market. It was my best market to date, like by far best market to date. And it wasn't even like a busy market. It was steady, 
where I had a consistent flow of people, but it was never busy. At most, I maybe had two sets of families, like, covering my booth, but I never had crowds. Um, And that was totally fine. It was like, I'm not complaining. If it was busy, I definitely would have sold out. Yeah. Like, no doubt about it. I'm super confident I would have sold out. You're raising your hand over there. (laughs) I I have so many things. Like I have so many like you say things and I'm like idea 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 say and it then all. I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna forget if I don't say, say something it right all. now say it right now um my first point um it's important to look at the demographic of what kind of market you're looking yes. at like that's huge like that made so much sense after you explained uh-huh. it you know what I'm saying yeah. so like looking at the kind of market you're you're going to um and then that brings me back to my own personal experience with my first market was an absolute dud. Mm-hmm. I had all of the same things. Well, I can't say all the same things. I was less of a plushy crocheter on my first market. Yeah. But my setup was very similar. Everything was very similar. But it was at a trunk or treat. Oh, yeah. Everyone's, ch- everyone's chasing their kids around. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to come shopping. You right. know? And, like, for th- for me, that was, like, okay, this is a practice setup. And that's okay. And, like, I think... A lot of us are very, very focused on the money. And like, totally. Ev- everybody wants to make money. I get it. We all get it. We all feel that. I want to make back my yarn money so I can buy more yarn. Yes. <laughs> but, oh my God, the train just left the station. <laughs> Where was I going with No, I can't hear what you're saying. Of like <laughs> getting the practice in and, and learning things. Yes. Is yes. Important. Yes. The practice is super important getting the just like getting the flow like working on your social Mm -hmm. um what is it called your like customer service yes Mm -hmm. personality like that's exhausting first of all like and it's it's hard because I feel like a lot of people will always ask me like oh how do you find markets like Mm -hmm. how do you do markets and I'm like it, it's such a hard question you almost, to answer. Yeah, you almost just have to jump in and try it to really, yeah. like, understand. Like, there's definitely tips you can do. I know, like, Emmy Sue Designs has a lot of really great tips, and you can start yeah. there for sure. But it's a lot of just jump in and try it. Like, so one of my, like, booth neighbors, she was an artist, and her work was beautiful. She, like, painted on chairs and things and canvases and furniture beautiful beautiful items like the girl's ridiculously talented first market she'd ever done and I was chatting with her because she they were like oogling over my stuff and they actually bought stuff from me which was really fun um and I told her I said my best advice I can give you off of my experience so far is I said even if you don't make money today take this as an opportunity to market yourself to get your name out there and let people see your face because at the end of the day the type of work that you do with this art where you're like painting on furniture and doing that stuff this is more of an appeal for people wanting custom stuff like yes you'll sell some of your finished items but I guarantee you probably have better sales when you're doing custom pieces and she was like you're so right that is exactly how I do it like my best sales are in custom work. I said, so this is where you showcase your work and you pull in those custom orders and market yourself versus actually selling products today. And I think like, like after we had that conversation, 
I totally saw a shift in her attitude because I know at first she looked really disappointed. She was just like, ugh, this is just not going what I expected. And I totally get that because, like, you pay the money to be in these, you know, in these markets and then you put all this time and energy and more money into it with buying the products to make the things and and it can be a huge bummer if it's a flop. But having that mindset of it's a success if I made it here and I even sold one or two items – like, I always say, I did my job if I make my booth fee back, even if it took me all eight hours of this market to yeah. make my booth fee. I also, um, I saw someone else post a tip. It might have actually been Emmy Sue, too. Yeah. I, I don't remember. But somebody um, posted something about saying, if you're having a slow market, use that as time to take product photos, take booth photos. Ooh. Like, even... And the thing is, is, like, if you can show to bigger events or more established events, like, okay, that maybe this was just a bad event. Let's keep trying for new ones. Yeah. Let's take pictures of what we presented, what we showed. Let's show them that we can show up and be a valuable vendor at mm-hmm. their event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, most well-established shows require you to send in pictures of your setup. Exactly. So you'll like, want to have some Give yourself that ones. one up. Get your portfolio going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. They, if they're not asking for pictures, they're at least wanting you to give them a description of all the things you make. And, like, mm-hmm. sell yourself. Like, that's another thing. I I was fortunate enough, like, I was approached by somebody who went up to me and was literally, like, and she actually emailed me the information today. Like, Leah, that's what we were talking about, that market. That lady mm-hmm. approached me and said, hey, I saw your stuff on the Facebook post. Um, I really liked it there. So I came here to see your stuff in person. She didn't buy anything from me, but that was fine. She's like, it's all beautiful. I really love it. And I think it would be awesome to have you at our market. Can I send you the information? And I was like, absolutely go for it. There's my information over there. Like you can just follow that and email me. And she did. I got the information today. I'm highly considering doing it. It's a, it's very kid geared. So I feel like I have all this small item product. And I don't have mm-hmm. to put that much effort into adding more. And I feel like that's going to go over really well at something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Do it. I remember my it, third caveat, it. I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I remember. Um, people, people connection, people connections, words, words are hard. Um, when you're at shows, being, being that personable person and making those connections is going to get you to f- like further events, just like as Megan showed, but. For me personally, I did a random show in Maryland. I knew nothing about it. If you guys know me, I'm I'm still new to Maryland. I moved here in June. Like mm-hmm. I'm literally just like jumping into whoever tells me to go in what direction. Yeah. And my realtor that sold us our house told me to go look at this show. And I went there and I was like, okay. It was it was a decent show. I was really happy with it. I had no complaints. Um, I rolled up and they're like, oh, you can set up anywhere you want. And I was like, I'm setting up right here in the front. You can't move me. Good. <laughs> and then I, I don't remember him walking through or chatting with me at all, but I got an email a couple weeks later saying, hey, I loved your stuff. I'd like to order a custom and I'd like to have you at our fall fest in a couple weeks. Yeah, that's awesome. And then that show... It was a first annual, so, like, the rules, there aren't rules. Like, first annuals Mm -hmm. aren't always bad. But this show ended up being better than the first show that I went to. And it was so much smaller. And I'm like, it's, it's, 
like there's no there's no rhyme there's no reason you got to find what works for you and you just have to just try and I almost hate answering the questions of like what's your best seller or what sells best because like again my fall market I sold out of all my five ten dollar items no problem we're gone this market I barely could get them off the table yeah like it just struggled but then I sold a lot of big items where like my fall market I didn't sell a lot of big items I still did okay. I did good, but like it just it's so random and different. And then areas are so different. Like I talk to people and I'm like, "Oh, every time I do these markets, I only make a like a, t- a few corn." And people want them. They come into my booth and they're like, "Do you have any more corn? Can I get more corn?" <laughs> and I never have more corn. Where and then other people are like, "I can't sell corn. I'm just like ready for it to I be gone." I can't sell corn. It's that was me. Yeah. I said like, that to you. <laughs> But, like, listen, Leah, I live in the corn capital. People love corn here, okay? Listen, I expected the corn kid trend to carry me, and it did not. It did not. It, <laughs> it didn't. It, it carries didn't me. I could, I, I'm convinced that I could make corn-themed only a whole booth of only corn-themed stuff, and I would be dang near close selling out. That's amazing. I love it and I hate it at the same time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I think what we in general learn about markets is that there is no hard and fast guarantee for anything. Mm -mm. And 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 that's in terms of, like, if the market will be, you know, monetarily successful or not. If the item you normally sell a lot of will sell a lot of at this next upcoming market. mm -hmm. Whether you'll sell the big ticket items or a lot of smaller items. Whether you'll sell more to, you know, families with kids or you know, older people, like there is no hard and fast rule that is a guarantee at every single event because every single event is a unique, special snowflake that is here (laughs) once and then it is gone. And And so you go in knowing that like, you know, you can have your general rules of like, you know, since I'm in hot cocoa bomb mode, I know no matter what event I do as a general rule, I'm going to sell a lot of milk chocolate because that's like the standard Mm -hmm. traditional flavor. But I never know, like, there are some where I sell a ton of chocolate-covered pretzels, and then there's some where I'll sell, like, none. And it's the same with all the crochet stuff. You know, like, you may have your general, like, I usually sell a lot of these, um, but the variables, like, you just never know. And so it's, like, go in with an open mind each time, not banking on any one specific thing, because that may be setting yourself up for disappointment if you're like, I I know I'm going to sell a lot of this, because... You may not, you know, it's, you just never know how any one event is going to go. The and more that like, you do events, yeah. the more you learn about what your typical, you know, general stuff that you sell a lot of. And like uh, you were saying, Leah, you know, the more markets you do, the more you kind of get a feel for like what certain markets will be based on the demographic, based on what type of event, what right. time of year, like all these different factors that go into it. But like try to, instead of, gauging one market as like okay was it successful or not maybe think of like a whole season so if you're let's say you do like four markets in one season instead of just being like okay this market was a failure if you can look at the whole season as a whole and say okay you know maybe this event I barely made my booth feedback but this one I made you know lots of money or whatever or I I made lots Mm -hmm. of great connections with people Um, you know trying to view it as a zoomed out you know, big perspective instead of just one moment or one market might help you in terms of like, oh, this felt like a total failure. 
Well, maybe yeah. it wasn't. Maybe it was just you had a bad day, but overall you're doing well. I think I yeah. I think a lot of that has to do with like a mindset shift because Absolutely. I know it's like it was hard for me at first too because like at mm-hmm. first it's like oh I'm putting all this time into a website into Etsy wherever you're selling and you're like oh I have to market myself oh I have to sell things like oh I have to do all of this stuff but I th- the bottom line is it doesn't happen overnight and you have to just you have to keep going you have to keep yep. trying you have to find that thing that works for you and puts you in your little success spot because your success is your success that's the only race you should be racing Mm -hmm. that's the only one that matters yes yeah absolutely and I feel like we've kind of said a lot of like it's really luck it's really a random it's luck but it's not it's not it's motivation paired with a little bit of luck paired with a lot of hard work hard work yeah Yeah. (laughs) And, like, obviously, we, you know, we recognize and can sympathize with people who are trying their hardest and just not having any luck. And that sucks. And that does happen sometimes. But then – and then there's also people who don't have to try very hard and then just get really lucky and blow up. Mm -hmm. And that also is, like, fun and exciting for them. But you're like, man – and then, like, either I have no luck <laughs> or I'm working my butt off yeah. to do the exact same thing as you, and you just got it overnight. Like, it's frustrating. But, like, at the end of the day, you won't regret working for what you have. The point I was going to make, though, too, is we talked a lot about it's really unpredictable in markets and this and that. And while that is true, also, a little bit of a theme I've seen when people have asked me, you know, what should I look for when I'm looking for markets is, is them going, how do I know if it's going to be a successful market? If you can't openly ask the organizer questions about the foot traffic, about how they organize things, how many vendors they'll have, what they allow, what they don't allow, where it's located, if they've done it more than one year, like if you can't ask them all that information and they can't provide it for you, it's probably a safe, like, bet that it's not going to be a very good market. Like, if they're not willing to give you that information or they're like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, um, then to me, that's a red flag. Like, you mm-hmm. should be able to go to the organizer and say, hey, on average, what's your foot traffic for this market? Yeah. How many years have you done this market? What is the demographic? Because they should know what the demographic is if they're organizing or it even, year after year. even if it's a new event, they should have yeah. a target. They should have a target audience. Yes. They should have... What is it? What the advertising? They should be. Yep. They should be advertising their events. Like yeah, and even asking them, what are you gonna do to promote this market, and what do you expect out of your vendors to do to promote this market? Your organizer should be promoting the market, but also you should be promoting the market because you want people there, and you can't rely on everybody else to promote your stuff for you. Right. And yep. let me tell it's you, bring your own crowd to yes. the market with you. Absolutely. I made one post inside the actual event that our organizer created because she asked me to. She emailed me and said, hey, I'd be really great if you could make a post in here, show some of your work. She was really encouraging. She really hyped up her vendors, was really telling, encouraging them to share things. I made my own events for it. I reminded people. I posted them on TikTok. I posted them on Instagram outside of that. But I made one post inside her event that she made, and I – had 
at least five people walk up to my booth and say, I saw your pictures on Facebook and I wanted to come look at your stuff in person. Mm -hmm. Even if they didn't buy anything. The fact of the matter is they came to the market, they saw me on online and they walked up to my booth because they saw it online and wanted to see it. Yeah. And that's a huge deal, even without a sale. Yep. Yep. Some, some Facebook events, like sometimes they, um, will allow you to make posts within the event. And if you do mm-hmm. absolutely make a post, introduce yourself, say, Hey, I'm going to yeah. be here. Um, if they don't have that ability. So like the market that I have coming up this Saturday, um, she actually, so she created a Facebook group for the vendors. And then she has like the public Facebook event for the event mm-hmm. itself. And so she asked us in the group to make a post in the group. And then she basically just copy and pasted, Um, what we wrote in our photos and she made the posts on the Facebook event. So like, even if you don't have permissions to post on whatever social media event is, you can always send something to the organizer and say, Hey, if you'd like to make a post and share, here's some of what I'll be bringing. Um, I've done that before, like an event I did last weekend, they Mm -hmm. didn't have permissions turned on. And so I just sent them a couple of pictures and said, Hey, here's some of the stuff I'm bringing. Feel free to post this if you'd like. And of course they, you know, they did, they were like, Oh, that's great. Perfect. Can you send me some more pictures? And then they made a post. So, you know, be proactive, even if there isn't an option for you to automatically make a post on your own, you know, be bold, send some pictures to the, you know, organizer, the director and say, Hey, Feel free to post this if you'd like. Here's some of the items I'll be bringing. The worst thing yeah, they say is no. Like exactly. exactly. And the other thing, too, is, like, even though my organizer for my last market was really fabulous, she was really great about regularly posting and advertising, I took the, like, the poster for the market, I made my own inv- event, invited everybody in my Facebook group, invited everybody on my my personal Facebook page, whether they actually lived local to me or not, because it still pushes it out there. And I was promoting it. I was sharing that graphic again on my Instagram, on my TikTok. That's how people ended up coming to my market from TikTok because they saw it and went, I live X amount of time from there. I'm going to come visit. Like Mm -hmm. you never know what could happen. You could find someone who follows you and has never said a word to you and turns out, they're a big fan and then they show up and buy stuff from Ooh, you. Like, that brings me to one of my other favorite things that people people always ask me, how how much do you bring of what? What sizes, what prices? Mm-hmm. And my my biggest thing is like, you don't know what people want to spend. Don't yeah. put your customers into a box of what you think yes. they want to spend. Because you don't know what people want to buy. You don't know right. how much money they have sitting in their pocket. I, I'm telling you, I just about fell over when a little grandma walked into my booth. And if you guys have seen my giant carrots, I yeah. had a little lady walk into my booth and she said, I'm a grandma, so I spoil my grandkids and I'm going to buy them that giant carrot. And then she, <laughs> she, she said, swipe my card. Don't even tell me how much it is. Here's a tip. And then she grabbed it and walked away. See, You I don't had a- know what people want to buy. I had somewhat of a similar experience, and but it wasn't like a grandma buying for her grandkids. She walked up, and she was like three big, like some of my highest priced items. She's like, I love those. They'll be perfect. They'll be perfect for Christmas decor. I want all three of them and just bought them on the spot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, I need to go grab something out of my car so I can carry them around. Can you just leave them in the back of your booth until I come back? No problem. Can I can do that for you? <laughs> yes, no problem. ma'am. I will hold it for you as long as you want. <laughs> 
Yeah, if you want me to hang on to it for the whole market until you're ready to go home, I got you. Yes. Experiences like that confirm, like, I heard this bit of advice a while ago, and, like, sometime last year, and I was like, yes, this is so true when it comes to pricing your items. Usually, you are not your target demographic. Uh-uh. So a, a, a total that you've rung up for somebody else may give you sticker shock, but to the other person, it's like whatever you know yeah yeah. so don't base your prices on what you're willing to spend because first of all you may undervalue your work simply because you know you know it's like yeah it takes you time but it's like yeah well it wasn't that hard technically well to you maybe not but to this other person who doesn't know the difference between crochet and knit you've just made something magical (laughs) you know and it's like it's don't undervalue your work because you're viewing it through your own lens um somebody else is looking at it from a completely different filter than you are. And they Mm -hmm. may be in a completely different situation financially than, because like, let's be real. Usually if you're making stuff to sell, it's because you need to make money. (laughs) Whereas the person buying is not necessarily in that position. Yes. It's so funny that you say that because in that same scenario, what she spent, I like, it was worth what she spent. Like, Mm -hmm. I know that for a fact, I'm not trying to say like, Oh, I charged her too much because I absolutely didn't. Probably in Leah's perspective, I undercharged. You have her. a different, you have a different demographic. Yes, we're not, we had this. We're talk. not price shaming here. <laughs> no price shaming. Um, but I really did think that I was like, I would have spent this amount at Michael's on Sweet Snuggles Light. I would have not spent this amount on finished items. Like I would have never that's, that's bought that thing. much stuff. We, we're shopping yeah. for different things all the time. Although yes. I, I do have to say my guilty pre- my. Blah, 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 blah. My guilty pleasure <laughs> is buying from small businesses because I know how yeah. it feels oh, yeah. to see that big sale come through and mm-hmm. any chance I get to spend an extra $100 at a small business to make someone say, I will, I will do it. I will absolutely beat me effing do it. Bleep, bleep, bleep. <laughs> and and I'm not saying I won't spend like money on small businesses because I absolutely will. I love buying from small businesses as well. I'm just saying I got five kids to spend money on for Christmas, <laughs> and one of them has their birthday ten days after Christmas. So like the amount that she spent on what she bought for me is like the amount I need to spread out between five kids. <laughs> Sounds like you made a planning choice incorrectly with that birthday. So. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it's it. It's okay. We don't have to. <laughs> That's for what, a different what, episode. What was nine months before January? <laughs> I. It's too late for uh, math. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to say the math's <laughs> the, not math. The most tonight. math I'm doing is increasing, and I can't even handle that right now. So It's fine. I'm so <laughs> proud of you for being a first ever co-host you know i gotta on a podcast you know i gotta do something a little different always just spicing it all up um so i have one completely like it just popped into my brain and i was like yes i need to share this about markets Uh but i'll i'll use it as like a final i mean it's kind of a random final thought but it is a final thought so i'm still down for it does does anybody else have any other lingering thoughts that they want to share because we've been talking about more i mean we've shared a lot of information so i don't want to like hit people with the fire hose we did it (laughs) so we've shared a lot of good information (laughs) is there anything else that 
you guys want to share before I share what I was going to share. And then we'll be done with the sharing. <laughs> There's one other thing I would like to bring up. So my last market, I brought some of my knitting machine beanies. Um, and I did sell an okay amount of them. However, there was another crocheter at my market. I knew that she was a crocheter. Um, I didn't know that she made knitted beanies. And beanies. She made a boatload. Like she had like quadruple what I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and people who would come to my booth who didn't really find something they liked in my beanies, I would point them over to her. I didn't even know what her prices were. I didn't know if we were really truly competing that much. And, and I did see people walking around with her beanies. So I know she did better on selling them than me, but she also had way more variety than I did. Mm -hmm. Um, If you fall into that situation where you have another crocheter at your market, don't be afraid to support them. Because I've had that happen twice to me now. And in this time, it, of course, wasn't crocheting. It was knitted beanies, which is okay. But, like, I'm like, I don't, like, this isn't my primary market. Like, the knitted beanies and things is fun. Knitting machine beanies is fun. But it's not primarily what I do. So I'm going to help that person out over there who I know that is their primary market. And I'm going to focus on my Amis here. And then on the other end of it, I had another crochet at my fall market who was making the same exact stuff I was. She was doing the similar patterns, making all those things. The only difference is that her stuff was priced a little bit higher than mine, not drastically to the point where it was going to affect either of us, but enough where, or not even enough. It really wasn't, I don't even think it was about the price. We just, there were some things we had that were slightly different and people would go to her booth going, Hey, do you still have these? And she so kindly would point people in my direction instead of going, oh, I can make that for you or this or that, you know, and trying to get custom orders. She went, oh, no, there's another crochet booth over there. And she makes those. And it didn't hinder her sales either. I walked up to her to talk to her and chat and get to know her a little bit. And I saw her booth and she cleaned out pretty good. So even with her pushing people towards my direction, um, and me pushing people towards the other, you know, like crochet and knitted beanies direction, we both had success. I saw her booth had a little bit empty spots. I did just fine at my markets with the com- what you would consider the competition there, and we helped promote each other. It doesn't have to be this competition of like dog on the other person or try to make yourself look better right. or try to steer people away. From Although, like, I, I do feel like that does tend to get a little bit intimidating. So if it totally. if that is a concern of anybody's, I would just say, hey, I would message the director, the organizer, just be like, hey, I'm curious what other, like, fiber arts booths you have. Because sometimes it does get muddled down, especially if it's a smaller market with only, you know, 15, mm-hmm. 20 vendors. Like, it can, it can, it can get crowded. But... It it can't it can be a it doesn't have to be a bad thing, right? That's where right. I was going with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you should be able to figure out ahead of time too by asking them like, do you allow more than one of the same type of vendor? Um, you know that's that's nice information to yeah. have. Yes, and and it time. is a fair question. And actually, I was aware that this other crochet was going to be there, um, and the organizer for this last market, she does not allow repeat vendors but the, and the reason why she allowed me there is because our stuff was so different yeah mm-hmm. yeah like my my event this saturday um there was another baker and she 
had some hot cocoa bomb stuff, but her main thing is macaroons. And mm-hmm. so she was like, you know, she checked with me. She checked with the other baker. We both were okay with it. And so she's like, okay, I'm fine. And we're going to be kind of in separate spaces. We're not going to be right yeah. next to each other. That's so, important. Mm-hmm. You know, it, anytime you hear from a director that's like, let me check with both parties. Let me that's get back. That's amazing. To, like, that's good yeah. communication. Yes. That's somebody who's organized. That's somebody who cares about the vendors and isn't just looking to make your booth fee and make money. If they care totally. about you and they care about you having a good experience, that's a really good thing to look for because I've done some markets where you can tell they do not care if you have a good event. They do not care if you have a successful event. They want the money you paid to be there and they couldn't care less about, you know, if you had a good time or not. And that's not a good feeling to know that you're just basically Mm -hmm. somebody's paycheck, you know? Right. Well, and it's going to eventually just make their market like non-existent anyways. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can't you can't keep vendors like that if you basically treat them as like a disposable, mm-hmm. you know, source of income. Okay, I have one yep. more like little like s- mini spicy little debate for us three here. <laughs> when you mini spicy, I gotta do debate. a little something Drama. spicy. Um, my fans are watching. Just kidding. Just kidding. Cut. Take that one out, Jess. <laughs> Don't take it out. Um, anyways. Um, do you guys bring projects to work on at your markets? Ooh, I, that can be a it, spicy it thing. It can be because I I personally yes. will never do it because okay. I think it takes away from the interaction. And granted, y'all know I know how to crochet and not look um, because yeah, my mm-hmm. primary focus, like I was saying earlier, I'm talking at every single person that's walking near me, pointing, talking to the person next to them. Oh, look, a fluffy whatever. And I'm like, come Mm -hmm. touch it. Come squish it. I don't care. Just come in here. Like, let's talk. So I feel like I feel like that's what maybe sets me apart from other vendors is like, I will not sit down. It hurts. It hurts me. But I won't I won't sit down (laughs) because I'm like, I'm here to talk. I'm here to chat i'm 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 here to be here you know instead of in my little camo chair crocheting in the corner you know like i do that enough at home (laughs) yeah but i know it's that's that's my personal opinion that's my strong my strong personal opinion but i'd love to hear what you guys do i think that's totally valid i Mm -hmm. will if it's a generally if it's a steady market where there's people coming through I will usually be standing most of the time um, and I try to acknowledge, I'll acknowledge anybody who slows down long enough to look. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the gaze. <laughs> yeah. Um, if it's like a totally dead event where there's like nobody there, I usually will pull out a project and work on it a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I think it's very situational too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. also sometimes like if I'm in the zone where I am right now, where it's like, I'm doing a show every weekend, sometimes multiple in one weekend. Um, There's some times where I just need a minute, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So it's nice to have something to be like, you know what? And, and, and granted it's a different situation. Like I'm selling chocolate. It kind of sells itself to a certain degree. So it's Mm -hmm. like, I don't have to coax people into like, Ooh, chocolate. (laughs) It kind of does that on its own. I mean, maybe your sales would, would, skyrocket even higher it's true. okay coco bomb queen over here don't even start 
but with the crochet stuff i feel like yeah you do it it will only help you to be interacting with everybody that that walks by so i feel like i kind of am in the middle my first market I sat and crocheted a blanket. It really drew people in. They wanted to see what I was working on. They wanted to touch it. They wanted to feel it. And then that kind of got them circling around and looking at my other stuff. Okay. My last, yeah, my last two markets, I didn't really have time to crochet because they were a lot busier and I needed more Mm -hmm. stuff. And, and I will, like, I definitely encourage people to touch things, pick them up. I'm like, it's okay. Let your kids touch it. It's totally fine. If this stuff was going to break by you touching it, then I wouldn't be selling it. Exactly. Um, but I also am careful not to, to like, call people out, like, on the spot in that way because I have watched people do that at a few of my markets or had them do it to me, and it's uncomfortable because it's, yeah. like, you can't always read if people are just staring at your stuff because they're, like, oh, okay, interesting, and they're really, like, interested in it or if they're just walking past, taking a glance, and have no interest. And then all of a sudden yeah. you're going, oh, come here, come look at it, and really they don't have a desire to look at any of this stuff but now you've put them on the spot and made them look and you put them in an uncomfortable position and that might just be me overanalyzing it but I will definitely like anytime I see someone like start to slow down near my booth or walk into it I always stand up from my chair if I'm sitting I I really don't sit that much like I sit when I need a break or a moment but I honestly try to stand for most of it and really I don't have time to sit because it's it stayed so steady that I really didn't, like, I just didn't have time to sit. Um, but I do try to stand anytime someone walks in. If they're walking in and starting to look at stuff, I'm always, like, encouraging them to pick things up, to touch them. It doesn't matter if they get placed in the perfect spot again. Um, and then I'm just like, hey, if you have any questions, let me know. And then I let them kind of browse. Because I know for me, I hate being hovered by someone trying to sell something. Yeah. And, and honestly, yeah. even if I want to buy it, if someone is hovering me enough and it's stressing me out, I'll walk away and not buy it simply on the principle. And I know yeah. that's petty, <laughs> but like, I, it's real. I, I'm being like, sassy. <laughs> it's, I know, I know it sounds petty, but it's like, like your pro, if you believe your products are good enough, they will sell themselves to a degree. Yeah, for like, sure. I really, obviously marketing and things are important, but like, let me look at it. Let me decide. And then I'll bring it to you and say, I'm buying this. I don't need you to be sitting here the whole time in my ear going, you really want that blah, 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 blah. And like, I make those jokes with people. Like some yeah. people like they're like- so so cute I don't know how to decide and I'm like you can just take the whole booth like yeah like it's you know. definitely it's for me it's playful but yeah. that's also my energy like I I come at it with like a playful energy definitely not a like get in here touch my plushies buy my plushie like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's always and like you guys you guys you know me like yes. you know how I joke around like I'm I'm very playful with it and like I feel like I've had enough people interaction in my four lifetimes that like I can I can vibe check people pretty easy sure when I see people walking like that so it's I, I don't want to come off at and tell people to just start shouting at people but <laughs> find your comfort level of interaction with your intended customer yeah I mean to some degree you know like you can read people as they're they're walking up to you but also be mindful that there are people with real anxieties and don't want to be called out like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
And that reminds me of something that I never thought of but happened at my market, okay? So I did bring a project to work on, never actually worked on it. I had um, a container of safety eyes with me. And a lady walked up to me and said, hey, how are these eyes attached? And I was, like, explaining it to her. And I said, you know what? Let me just show you. And I grabbed it out of my bag, and I showed her exactly how they're attached and explained to her they're not recommended under three years old. They are called safety eyes. They do attach if used properly pretty securely. But, of course, if your child is under three, always use supervision. There's always a chance they could do something to any toy, whether it's in the store or handmade or whatever, you know. And her having that visual, I think, really helped her because she's like, oh, that's really neat. Like, and and she bought it like right then and there. Yeah. Um, even if you're not bringing a project to work on, like it doesn't have to be a secret how you attach safety eyes or felt yeah. eyes because I had that too. They're like, are these really easy to rip off? And I'm like, you will destroy that plushie before you will successfully rip off that, that felt <laughs> eye. And yep. I stand by that. But I always say the same thing. Children under three years old always use supervision and discretion, like, which is true for any toy. Yeah, right. absolutely. So, yeah. just a little tidbit there and a tip that was really awesome to have because I had that visual for them instead of just trying to explain something that they really just don't know anything about because they've never seen it. Right. Yeah. I think my general rule for, like, you know, interacting with people at the booth is, like, anybody that walks up to my booth, I say a polite hello that's just mm-hmm. that's just polite right like whether yeah, they're gonna buy something or that. not just a quick hello and you can usually tell by their response if they want you to keep talking to them or not yeah if that's it's true. like a totally. if it's like a hi that's like a okay they just want to look or they are gonna walk away soon cool i'll leave it alone if it's like a hey how are you then it's like okay and we're go for we're having a full conversation yep. today yeah <laughs> so then you know it's then it's like yeah it's a beautiful day for you know market what you know wherever you want to go with, with the conversation and yeah. then i usually you know if they however much they want to talk if we get right into a conversation about my stuff cool if we start talking about the weather cool however that goes you know i usually end it with all right well let me know if you have any questions um, you know, there's, there's specific things to your setup that you'll know. Like one of the things that mm. always happens with my hot cocoa bombs is I have the flavors listed at the bottom of my, of my shelf. <sighs> this is a thing. I don't know if you guys have noticed this in your nobody own reads signs. Nobody reads signs. Nobody. They, I literally a had a neon as... light flashing in front of their face and they'll be like, um, how much is this? And then you're like, oh, it's actually, oh, there it is. Every I single tagged. time. Every single item had big, bold signs for mm-hmm. things. And I, I stopped still had trying to make big, bold signs because even when you do that, they don't see them. Yeah. How much are the little $5 items in the basket? <laughs> <laughs> Here's my thing. I don't even know. Like, at this point, I throw it. I don't have a pricing scheme. I, I look at it. I'm like, hmm, 47 Write it on my tag. Go about my day. Yeah. So someone's like, oh, how much is this? I was, I'm like, I don't know. It's on the tag. Like, I'm so brutally honest with people. I I think they're just like, huh? Yeah, but I love like, that. I'm also, like, the world's most random maker, too. Like, I will, I will not make the same thing twice on purpose. Unless it's on purpose. Like, I usually make, like, five fried eggs. Like, I'll have a couple whales, a couple weebies now. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't do this whole repeat stuff for every next market. Like, y'all are always getting something fresh, something new. <laughs> I love it. My giant eggs did not sell for crap. 
Well, I'll take the eggs. You can have my corn. Okay. <laughs> a, little, a little food trade. If you're stuck in a rut and you need to design a new pattern and fast, why not reach for a bottle of Pattern Juice, the best beverage in the business for all crochet pattern designers. Each sip is bursting with inspiration for your next project. Try each of our refreshing flavors. Apple Amigurumi, Watermelon Wearable, Honeydew Home Decor, and Orange Accessory. You'll have your next pattern written and published in no time. Thanks to our sponsor, Pattern Juice. All right, welcome to probably most of our... I don't know if it's everybody's favorite part of the podcast, but I know there's a few people that look forward to it every single time. It's time for Shut Up and Take My Money. It's my favorite part of the podcast. It's Meg's favorite part. And of course, I mean, who who else's opinion really matters? Except for mine. Except for right? Meg's ones. <laughs> it's really shut up and listen to Meg's because she knows what she's talking about. Exactly. <laughs> exactly glad we're all on the same page okay yep, so yep. and really it is all about meg's opinion today because this item is it's one of her things and we're gonna let her share what it is okay so i thought this was going to be really appropriate for our shut up and take my money since this episode was all about markets again um and i what i what i ended up purchasing for my markets is i got this little toy bin organizer and now you're going what the heck that's really generic tell me how what's relevant about that okay so picture this parents you know what i'm talking about you hate these things for toys the the idea of them sounds great but then the kids destroy the buckets so it's like a wood <laughs> shelf or plastic mine's plastic but wood works too and then it has these little plastic bins on it that you can pull off or set on and then the kids can put their toys in them right well i'm like this would be the perfect thing for little pocket size items or like slightly bigger mm-hmm. you know it's like child height so it's right in their view they can see it really well it organizes everything really nicely it doesn't take up a massive amount of space but it it frees up a bunch of space on your tables yes which so, is so important they're really not like super expensive but quite honestly you can find them on like facebook marketplace and yard sales for like mm-hmm. 20 bucks sometimes like 10 15 mm-hmm. so like this is gonna be the first time where i'm telling you don't run to our amazon storefront and go purchase <laughs> it like go check your facebook marketplace and get a deal on it first but honestly if you're if people are charging like 30 40 50 bucks for them on marketplace just buy it brand new you might as well because they're about that price on amazon anyways right and you can get whatever colors you want. Mine is white with gray bins. You could do the opposite. I know there's like natural wood grain. You can get multicolored bins. You know, it can be on brand for whatever your color scheme is if you yes. want to get too fancy. Um, I love the idea of it because the bins can be like picked up and, um, <clears throat> excuse me, they can be picked up and like if they get dirty for whatever reason, you can pull them up and wash them um, so they don't have like 
dirt and dust or whatever on them and you don't have to like try to awkwardly wipe out this this like shelf full of stuff you can just take the bins <laughs> right off um they're actually not super heavy either so it's easy to move around i wouldn't say it's like the most convenient thing to stick in a vehicle but also neither is foldable tables or display pieces or really anything anyways so <laughs> it's just part of the game it really is like when you're doing markets it's just kind of a Tetris game in your car. Yeah. But exactly. I feel like it's really worth it for a display piece. So yeah, it's nice that the buckets, like you can stack them in each other and yes. Yep. You know, so that's, that's a nice like space saving thing. And also if you're a handy person or maybe you're married to a handy person, um, you could even build your own if you wanted to. Oh, you, know, you could totally buckets or baskets and then build the frame for it. So there's lots of, lots of different ways you could, do this but sometimes you just need a little bit of a um, inspiration for thinking outside the box for your market displays and I think this is a really good option to because like table space is like precious real estate and you kind of really have is. to really be choosy about what you're going to put on your tables and so this is a nice way to use up you know if you've got maybe a 10 by 10 space a good way to use up some of the space around your table um, and not leave that um empty because yeah no totally and the other thing about it too is you don't actually want to fill up every inch of your tables like when you have the entire tables filled up it looks chaotic it looks messy and it's not as appealing and attractive to people because right. it's like there's so much going on here i can't even like process what's it's on this table like negative space on a market display is a good thing right so yeah, go buy your toy bin organizer, friends. Heck yeah. Organize and it can it can double stuff. it it can also double as like an organizer for like your yarn and stuff if you want to. Like if you have that scrap yarn that you roll into a ball or a cake, you can stick it in the bins. Mm -hmm. Or actually like even if you know, if you have a craft room or just wherever you're normally yeah. sitting and working on your stuff, how nice of a visual to have that set, you know, in the corner of the room and as you finish projects, toss it in the bin. Totally. And you have this like visual um, reminder of like how much stuff you've made for your next market. That's actually really like, I don't even have a, a toy bin organizer and I don't even make Amis, but like that visual is really satisfying to yeah. me. Yeah. Oh no. And I mean, it doesn't even necessarily have to be Amis. You can do coffee sleeves in there. You can do beanies yeah. in there. Yep. You can do scrunchies. You can do um, headbands. I mean, you name it. All those little like smaller items that you do for wearables and accessories, you could totally throw in there. Like mm -hmm. just even without you doing Amis, I feel like you could benefit from it. Totally. And also as the customer, there is something really fun about going to like, whether it's a store or it's a booth at a market, getting to kind of like dig through a basket or a bin yeah. and like find the, the perfect one that you want, you know, like that's kind of yep. fun as a customer to be able to do. And I think kids especially love that. Totally. To find the color they want or whatever. So the other thing about it too, is it gives that appeal, but it also takes away that having to dig through this basket and hope you can find what you're looking for. Like, because for me, I'm going to organize it by each item. So like one basket's whales, one basket's weebies, one basket's, you know, whatever else I'm making, but it's right. all different colors. So instead of digging through this and looking to see what all is in there, I can see per bin what's in there. And now I can just look for the color I want. 
Right. So you still get that experience, but it's it's more organized. Yes, exactly. And a little bit more visually appealing. Yes, exactly. I love it. All right, you guys. Well, that is going to wrap up episode 11. We are so grateful to Leah for co-hosting the episode with us today. I'm glad did I was you here. um did you have did you have an adequately good time? I I think it was fun. You know, I might do it again. We'll see. We'll see what would happens. You go, if you we go, let you. I mean, if... I'd like to see you again. <laughs> it's like a second date asking for a second date. We should do this again sometime. I had a lot of fun tonight. You can find me in my DMs later, okay? <laughs> Ooh, it's getting spicy. Okay. Um... <laughs> good night. Do you I, two need a room? <laughs> I always I always love talking about these market episodes. I don't know mm-hmm. why. Like I just it's it's not a surprise that these episodes are long because it's just fun to talk about and it really is. It's a topic that people really resonate with. And it's a topic that I love talking about because I love mm-hmm. doing markets. I love sharing what I've learned. I'm still learning. And Market Recap 3.0, you know, whenever whenever we do it, I think we will, you know? Absolutely. I think Absolutely. I'm going to need a check-in after, like, my three-week back-to-back market because I might need some help. Yeah. Oh, by the time this episode airs, you'll be, like, in the thick of it, right? It'll be starting. It'll be starting. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay exciting so everyone when this episode airs um you know make a little note in your phone to check check on leah make sure she's okay (laughs) if she's ghosting you you know maybe it's just she's just recouping after a market like i do (laughs) oh it's a very real thing but anyway (laughs) you guys thank you so much for listening for tuning in make sure if you're listening on spotify wherever you're listening if you can hit a follow button a subscribe button whatever button there is to hit Make sure you hit that so that every time we upload a new episode, it is waiting there for you. And also, if you can leave a rating or a review, we would appreciate that. That helps us in the algorithm to show up to more crochet friends, which is happening. And that's really exciting. So we want that to keep happening. Leave us a rating, all that good stuff. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And until next time, crochet, drink coffee, and be kind. Okay, bye. Bye. I love that you jumped in there. <laughs> that was great. Perfect. Crochet base. We're gonna crochet while we talk about crochet. While we talk about crochet, you can crochet too. Yeah. <laughs>